to reassure him. And it's on page 1053. Zacharias, the tax collector. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacharias, or Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not, because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He's gone to be a guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is taken from John, chapter 4, verses 5 to 30, and can be found on page 1066 of your Bibles. That's John 4... Uh, verses 5 to 30. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sakia, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and that man who you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. 
Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and is now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, who speak to you, am he. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you both. Two great readings. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for these two amazing encounters with your son. We thank you for his grace and generosity towards those who met him. We thank you for the way he touched their lives, offering them life in all its fullness. Lord, we thank you that you offer that same life to us today. Give us the courage that they had to respond to you and to receive from you what you give and to give back to you all that we have. For the sake of your Son, our Saviour, the Saviour of the world, Jesus. Amen. So last week was our Vision Sunday. We were hearing the challenge of Jesus' vision for us. Handed out this brochure to quite a lot of people, but I didn't have quite enough for everybody. Does anybody not get one of these brochures last week? Because Bill would like to give you one if you didn't get one. So if you could keep your hand up, then Bill will get round and give you all a brochure that you need. So just put your hand up if you need one, and he'll come round and give it to you. So we were hearing about Jesus' vision for us, the challenge of that. Today is our response Sunday, and we're asking how we should respond to the challenge of that vision. Indeed, who are we responding to? So two people meet Jesus. A man, a woman. In some ways they're very different. In other ways they're very similar. The man is an insider. He's a Jew. The woman is an outsider. 
She's a Samaritan. The man is very wealthy. The woman is very poor. But both of them have character flaws, and both of them have been ostracized from their community. Both are searching for affirmation and acceptance. Now, the man Zacchaeus, he has heard of Jesus. I'll tell you what. Why don't you have mine? There you go. Enjoy. So, the man, Zacchaeus, has already heard of Jesus. He wants to learn more about him. He wants to see him. But his community have pushed him back. They're blocking him out. Not just because he's small. Had he been well respected, they would soon enough have invited him to the front. No, they despise him and they block him out. Well, we might commend Zacchaeus for his athleticism and his... Oh, you've got another one there. That's nice. We might commend Zacchaeus for his athleticism and for his inventiveness, climbing up the tree. Sounds a kind of exciting thing to do if you want to uh, see what's going on in a crowd. But if you're a Middle Eastern first century gentleman uh, with flowing Middle Eastern robes, to climb up in a tree is not kind of exciting and inventive. It's just humiliating. It's ridiculous. You look stupid. And so the one thing we know about Zacchaeus is that he's prepared to go through humiliation to see Jesus. He's desperate. He's desperate to break out of the box that he's in. He's desperate to make human contact. He's desperate to see Jesus. I wonder if that's you. Perhaps you've slipped in at the back too. Perhaps you're too shy to come forwards. But you're longing to hear if there really is any good news. Good news here today for you. Because underneath the veneer, the brave face, you too are quietly desperate. Perhaps like Zacchaeus, your work life, your morals, your behavior have, have pushed other people away, driven them off. And despite all your wealth and status, if you've got that, you still feel very lonely. You love the thought that Jesus might be your friend, but if by some remote chance he was here today, you just can't believe that he would have time for you. Is that you? Well, let's see how Jesus responds. First of all, Jesus recognizes Zacchaeus. He sees him and he names him. Jesus knows who you are. He sees you. He knows your struggles and your longings. He has you in his sight. Secondly, Jesus gives attention to Zacchaeus. He doesn't laugh at him up in the tree, ridiculous though he looks. He doesn't flinch back or sneer at him, sinner that he is. He calls him down and brings him to the front of the crowd. He gives him his attention. For Jesus, you are the only person in the room today. 
Jesus isn't preoccupied, self-conscious, thinking about all the other jobs he's got to do. He has got eyes only for you. Thirdly, Jesus honors Zacchaeus. He invites himself to Zacchaeus' house. I don't know if that seems a bit rude to you, as if Jesus ought to have waited for an invitation. But in Zacchaeus' culture, for Jesus to go to his house is the greater honor, especially with Zacchaeus so snubbed by his neighbors. For Jesus to invite himself there is to give him the double honor. So Jesus, here today, invites you into his house, and he really wants to honor you by coming to your house and into your life as well. To be your guest and your friend. Fourthly, Jesus offers to Zacchaeus safety and a home better than his own. It's a surprising truth, especially for those of us who don't have any money, that the more money you have, the more afraid you become for your wealth and the more distanced you become from real relationships. The peace that Jesus offers to you is not just freedom from worry in this life, but it's an eternal security too. And the family that he offers you is always going to be there wherever in the country or the world you go and will never ever go away. Your family, your security. This is what Jesus offers to you. And this is your choice. You too could hear Jesus say to you, today salvation has come to this house. That's Jesus's response to you. That being so, what should our response be to Jesus? Well, Zacchaeus gives us a few clues to that as well. Firstly, Zacchaeus welcomes Jesus. He offers him the hospitality that Jesus had asked for. He has a hearth and a home, and he welcomes Jesus into it. Well, Jesus, Jesus may not drink your actual tea this afternoon, but he does have lots of friends whom, if you invited them, could come round to your house and drink tea with you. You could sign up for the, left my form behind, the link up lunch next week and offer hospitality and see who Jesus would send on his behalf to have your hospitality to receive your welcome. Secondly, Zacchaeus offers Jesus his money to bless and to help those without money. Don't think that it's easier for Zacchaeus just because he had loads and loads of dosh than it is for you to give money away. It doesn't get any easier the more you have to give what you have. There are always reasons for keeping what you've gained. To give any amount of money, large if you have lots of money or small if you have only a small amount of money, to be generous with what you've got is always hard. 
And that's what Zacchaeus chooses to do. Will you too offer Jesus your wealth, a fair exchange for all he's offering to you? In fact, Zacchaeus received way more back in return. He received freedom from the power of money over him. And money was wrecking his life. You don't need to be afraid that you will be the loser if you give your resources to Jesus, your wealth. You will always gain if you give what you have to Jesus. Thirdly, Zacchaeus offers Jesus a change in his own character and behavior. And I think this is probably the biggest response that Zacchaeus makes, the biggest thing that he offers to Jesus, to allow Jesus to set the standard of godliness and righteousness in Zacchaeus' life. It's easy to be hospitable. It's possible to be generous. But it's really, really hard to let Jesus change who you are and how you speak and how you behave. So can you do that? Can you agree to let Jesus change who you are and how you treat others? That's the response that he's looking for above all. That will show him how serious you are about welcoming him into your life. So that's the case. The woman is a little different. She hasn't ever heard of Jesus. She doesn't know who he is. And we never discover her name. Unlike Zacchaeus, she's really poor. She has to go and get her own water. She can't send a servant to fetch it for her. But like Zacchaeus, she too has been pushed out of her community, perhaps because of her dysfunctional relationships. Anyway, she has to go to the well at the hottest part of the day because presumably it's too too dangerous to go at a more sensible time when it's cooler because that's when all the guys of the village are out round the well, you know, mooching around, <clears throat> looking after their sheep, watering their, their, uh, their cattle and their sheep. So she has to go in the hot of the day. She's vulnerable and she's twitchy and she snaps at Jesus when he asks her for a drink. Is that more like you? Do you resent how you're treated and yet snap at those who uh, make a friendly approach towards you? So how does Jesus respond to her? Well, firstly, and really interestingly, he offers her his vulnerability. He takes himself from the place of power and puts her into that position. She has the power to bless him or not, as she sees fit, as she chooses. Secondly, as with Zacchaeus, Jesus honours her by making her the hostess. Thirdly, in contrast to her cup of stagnant water that she gets out of her bucket from the well, Jesus offers her his sparkling spring water. That's the meaning of living water. Living water, running water, spring water, fresh water. But Jesus strengthens and intensifies this offer of living water to her by, by making it, as he explains it, life-giving water, water that will give life to her. 
Drinking of the water that Jesus gives means never thirsting again. Discovering in him the source of eternal life. Jesus offers to you a more wonderful experience of this life. And more than that, eternal life to come. That is quite a big offer to you. That is his response. Fourthly, Jesus invites her to bring her husband. Husband. In doing that and explaining what his invitation is that he's making, he gives to that woman a very precious gift. He gives her the gift of acceptance without secrets. She no longer has to hide who she is from Jesus. She's not coming to him under false pretenses. She can be loved for who she is. Now, Jesus isn't blessing her anomalous relationship, but he's accepting her in the midst of it. And Jesus also wants to meet her partner, just as he wants to meet your friends and your family. And fifthly and finally, Jesus offers her the discovery of who he, Jesus, really is. The power of his spirit within her, the, joining, the joy of joining other people in worship. I that am speaking to you am he. That is an incredible revelation of him as Messiah to her, this unknown, unnamed woman at the well. And he offers that to you as well. So how does this woman at Jacob's well respond to Jesus? Well, firstly, she gives Jesus what she has. No silver service dinner in a posh house, unlike Zacchaeus. Just a cup of water on a hot day. Jesus asks nothing of her financially, in fact, but she can still be generous to him. Will you be generous to Jesus, even if you haven't got two sticks to rub together? Secondly, this woman trusts Jesus. She believes in him. She believes that he is who he says he is, that he is the Messiah, the chosen of God, the saviour of the world. Do you? Do you believe he is who he says he is? If you would like to explore that more, I would love to speak with you afterwards, so would Adam or Jit or Andy or anybody else. Jesus is waiting to speak with you for you to welcome him into your life. It may seem complicated, but it's very, very easy. Pray with somebody after the service. Come and talk, to, talk with me. Thirdly, this woman tells her friends about Jesus. So this is the rest of us. She doesn't try to convert them. She's just a witness to what she's experienced, what she's encountered, what she's discovered in Jesus. The questions he has, has raised in her. Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Are you prepared to tell others of what you've discovered about Jesus and of the questions he raises for you? Well, our vision brochure tells us some of the ways that Jesus might be challenging us as a congregation, us as individuals, to respond to his vision for us.
And the response form that's in it, the yellow form, gives us some ways of doing that. I hope that you will remember the invitation to help us in our worship, to help lead our worship in this service, to give towards our financial needs and the ways in which we bless our community, and to join and pray for our proposed new congregation plant at St. Margaret's down um, Albert Road. But just remember these three things. As you're praying, as you're filling in your response response form, remember this. Firstly, Jesus is as delighted when you give to him out of your poverty as he is when you give to him out of your wealth. He was delighted with with what he was offered and received from both of those two people, the wealthy one and the poor one. Secondly, Jesus is also even more pleased when you offer him a changed life and when you offer him the witness of your life and your, and your words to your friends. And thirdly, above all, Jesus wants to offer to you his eternal security, his joy and sparkling life in his presence. But to receive that, we have to respond by saying yes, by trusting him, by saying yes, please. Have you done that yet? Shall we pray?